This is WRAL News, your number one source for local news. The state's first case of the childhood illness linked to COVID-19. It's called multi-symptom inflammatory syndrome in children. We don't know the specifics of the case, but we do know the child is at home and doing well. WRL's Kirsten Gutierrez is learning more about the mystery illness that so many parents are concerned about right now. She'll have everything you need to know on our news at 10 and 11. And another one, another headline today comes out of Durham. This is where salons, barbershops and restaurants will not be opening tomorrow despite the state's move to phase two. Mayor Steve Shule says Durham will take a more cautious approach to reopening and will keep the stay at home order in effect for both the city and the county. The new target date in Durham is June 1st for salons. WR's Leslie Moreno is live in Durham with how business owners are reacting to the news in their community. Leslie. That's right. And Gerald, this is Vina B Hair Salon here behind me, one of the many shops here in Durham that we're getting ready to reopen tomorrow. Now, the owner here tells me she's actually relieved. Now she feels like she has more time to prepare. But of course, not everyone is happy about Durham's 10 day delay. It is really hard to be so excited and then it gets ripped away from you. Governor Cooper announced hair salons can reopen at 50% capacity starting Friday at 5 p.m. As soon as they said we open, I was getting messages like, yeah, you're going to open. But Durham's mayor recently announced an amended stay-at-home order that overrides the governor's order. Hair salons now have to wait until June 1st to reopen. To be setting up everything and then to be told that you actually don't get it open and it's maybe June 1st, but we don't know when. Like, it's, I mean, it, it hits the soul really hard. Marcy Kowalski, owner of Unapologetic Hair Studio, says it's upsetting seeing others reopen. She says this delay will hurt her business. I'm at the discretion of the Durham mayor. Um, for my livelihood and my business, um, and that's scary to me. While some are upset, others are relieved. Owner of Vina B Salon, Vina Sesum, says she felt like reopening on Friday was just too soon. We'll have a little bit more time. We can kind of really think about it and figure out what, how we're going to implement and what we're going to do. Yeah, we were ready to open. Um, we did all that we could to sanitize everything. Um, hearing what the mayor is saying about pushing us back to June, uh, we respect what the mayor says and we want to do whatever we can to keep our clients safe. Now, there are about 10 days until shops can reopen. The business owners I spoke to tell me they plan on using this time to make sure they're cleaning and sanitizing and working with staff to make sure the best policies are in place for when they can open their doors again. Gerald. Safety first. Leslie Moreno, live in Durham. Thank you. Well, the criticism was quick to pour in following the detail plan for who is in and who is out for phase two. I had the chance to talk with the governor about those concerns and why specific steps were taken to move forward. Phase two begins tomorrow. We have been inundated with phone calls and emails that I'm sure your office has as well. And here's one of the questions that comes up over and over. Explain to me why I can go and sit across from a manicurist for 45 minutes, but I can't go into a gym and run on a treadmill. What was the metric that pushed gyms off the list? Well, first, uh, we believed that our indicators look good enough to move into phase two. 
uh, our percentage of positive tests are going down, our hospitalizations are remaining steady, uh, our pre-COVID syndromic cases that people presenting to the emergency room are down, our testing and tracing is going pretty well, but we're still concerned about the total number of positive cases. So we wanted to make this a cautious step. And I know that uh, our health experts have worked very closely with the personal care business, with the restaurant business, with making sure that there is protective equipment there and believe that it can be done as safely as possible when also we know that we need a boost to our economy. So it was decided that these were the steps that we would take in order to try to boost the economy, but also try to keep people safe. You know, words really matter, Governor, and so many times yesterday, you and Dr. Cohen used the word as you just did, cautious, modest. You wanted to send a message that was still very serious in the excitement that we were beginning to change things. This virus is still here and this virus can kill people. And we knew that we were lifting the stay at home order as of Friday, and that's a big deal. But we also know that particularly the at risk population is still safer at home, that even if they can go somewhere, they shouldn't necessarily go all the time because it is safer for them to be there. And we also want, don't want people to get the idea that because we are moving into phase two, because we're making progress, that you don't have to do the things to protect yourself anymore. You absolutely do. And in fact, it's even more important because more people will be out and about. So wearing that face covering, uh, waiting six feet apart, washing hands. I know we say it over and over and over again, but people need to do it every single day in order to protect themselves, in order to protect other people, in order to protect their families. So we, we want people to understand that this virus is still here. It's going to likely be with us until we get a strong treatment or a vaccine, and we're going to have to continue to, to take steps to protect people. And we want people to understand that, that this is not uh, a, a day that you can drop all of your defenses. In fact, you have to increase that because more people are going to be out. Governor, phase one was two weeks. You're talking five weeks now, initially. Why expand this 150%? What are you seeing there that made you feel like we need to take at least five weeks? Well, this is part of the original plan. Uh, phase two was designed to be a four to six week period. We want to continue to try to increase the amount of testing and tracing that we can do, which is one of the real keys to um, doing more things and having more people participating in entertainment, in going out to eat, in working on the job. We know that if we can test a lot of people, that we can isolate them, that we can trace their contacts, that we can isolate them, that everybody's going to be safer when they're, when they're out and about. So we think that this five-week period of time, it's important for us to continue to examine the indicators, but also push to ramp up our testing. We know that that is critical. And there are still a lot of issues, 
related to that. Still supply chain issues, uh, still getting enough places out there where people can go to get tests. We're improving every single day, but we want to have a lot more tests out there. Uh, Governor, uh, you have said from day one, you and Dr. Cohen both, that any decision regarding reopening would be based on science and facts and data, not on emotion. In your inner core, that inner circle, looking at all this information, making the decisions, was there anyone that initially said, coming into this week, I think we may need to wait just a little longer? We all looked at these numbers as they were coming in, and we knew that the number of positives that continued to increase, uh, we needed to pay attention to that. Uh, no, we did not believe that uh, we shouldn't go into phase two, but we did think that that number of positive cases should make us be more cautious about what phase two consisted of. And we were in pretty much agreement with that. The healthcare experts looking at it, Dr. Cohen, uh, we, we want to get our economy boosted. There's no question about it. Uh, we know a lot of people are struggling right now, and we need to do things to make sure that there's more money in people's pockets. But at the same time, we've got to be careful about it. We've got to save lives, and that if we move too far, too fast, we can cause a spike that could overwhelm our medical system and could cause us to have to go backward and reinstate the stay-at-home order. We don't want that to happen. And that's why we took the kind of step that we did yesterday for what's coming Friday. Well, as always, we really appreciate your time. Very quickly, are you getting a haircut this weekend? I think I probably will. Uh, I, I'm going to talk to the person who cuts my hair and I don't think she likes my starter mullet that I have. So I think that'll probably go sometime, maybe this weekend, hopefully soon. I know. I feel like we're all back in the 90s. Governor Roy Cooper, yeah. very seriously, uh, we know you're very busy. Thank you for your time. Thanks a lot. And when asked about the reopening of gyms during today's briefing, Dr. Mandy Cohen also gave a better explanation for why they weren't included. We'll hear from her coming up in just a few minutes. Also coming up, a North Carolina nurse dies on the job. The question is now being raised about the testing timeline in a report you will only see on WRAL. You're watching coverage you can count on with WRAL News. It's frustrating uh, because we have felt like we've been in this phase two kind of setup since the announcement and we've been prepping for it we've brought a lot of people back on we've done a ton of work one of the biggest disappointments we heard following the governor's phase two plan was from gym owners you just heard from doug wharf who was on our seven o'clock news last night reacting to the announcement one he said caught him and others in the industry by total surprise and today dr mandy cohen explained why they're going to be waiting a bit longer as you, you work out, you obviously breathe more heavily and more intensely. And this is a viral respiratory pathogen, right? So it is something that is expelled through your droplets of your mouth and your nose, which obviously come out with more force and can be in more distance when you are working out. Um, 
And so some had said, is it because of the sweat? It's not, it's not an issue related to sweat. It is really more about the heavy, heavier breathing that you do naturally when you are, are doing any of the athletics in a, in a gym set setting. Um, but it's also knowing that when you are working out, folks are not going to be wearing a mask covering in order to get good um, ability to breathe in deeply again because you're, you're working out. So the combination of, of not wearing the, the face mask and uh, the face coverings and having more respiratory droplets um, expelled because you're working out does put that at, at a higher risk. Very thorough explanation from Dr. Cohen. The doctor also says the state will continue to watch the numbers and speak with gym representatives already working closely with the governor to decide when it will be best to reopen. WRL News is part of a statewide reporting collaborative made up of investigative journalists in different regions. This group recently discovered that a prison employee died of coronavirus. At first, prison leaders refused to acknowledge her death publicly. They only did so after we continued to push for answers. Investigative reporter Nick Oxner shows us how this unfolded. Barbara Stewart worked at Caswell Correctional Center as a nurse. She contracted COVID-19 in early April. Weeks later, the county health department offered to come in and test all of the staff at the prison, but that didn't happen for weeks. State prison leaders can't explain why, and in fact, they took seven days to even confirm that Barbara Stewart had died. Barbara Stewart worked as a nurse at the Caswell Correctional Center for 27 years. She kept going to work after the coronavirus pandemic broke out, even though she had health problems that put her at greater risk of being impacted by the disease. Stewart ultimately got the virus, was hospitalized, and died earlier this month. Prison officials had said nothing about her death until now. This is a dereliction of duty. Artis Watkins runs the State Employees Association of North Carolina, which represents prison workers. Her group has been calling for testing for all prison staff for weeks. It's kind of infuriating because this is not an argument over pay or benefits. This is an argument over health and safety and people's lives. Weeks later, the Caswell County Health Director offered to test all staff at the prison in mid-April as other employees turned up positive too. But that offer was delayed. There was no testing for staff at the prison until May 8th, the day after Stewart died. In a call with reporters Thursday, Commissioner of Prisons Todd Ishi said he approved the testing immediately, but couldn't explain why the testing wasn't done sooner. I can't speak Ishi and other corrections leaders launched a new plan this week to test prison workers across the state using a chain of urgent care centers. But Watkins and other advocates have questioned the effectiveness of that plan, too. If it were a serious plan, it would encourage folks to take part by making it easy. Watkins says the testing plan requires workers to get tested on their time off, unlike a previous plan proposed by State Treasurer Dale Falwell, which would have tested employees coming and going from work. If they were serious about testing to address a serious issue, they would have gone ahead and taken what was on the table, which was drive-through testing right there at the facilities, and they didn't take that option. In a phone call, Brenda Stewart's husband tells me that she had to take masks from his workshop to work with her because even as a nurse at the prison, she couldn't get the proper protective equipment to keep herself safe on the job. We've now learned today that the Department of Labor has launched an investigation into whether or not Stewart's death could have been prevented. For WRAL News, I'm Nick Oxner.
Up next, a familiar face, nurse Ashley Wheeler's message from the Durham Regional ER as North Carolina heads into phase two. Has been pretty scary to know. Coverage you'll see only on WRAL News. We absolutely have not slowed down on our COVID patient presentations. We still have plenty of people who we are testing throughout the day, admitting to the hospital. Um, it's, uh, it's never really dropped off. It hasn't surged like we were worried it would, and that's good, that's a good thing. Um, but as we open up into this phase two for the state, um, I can't lie and say that I'm not concerned. I am. I, I think everybody here, we're a little bit more cautious because we see this all day long. I just really hope that people can follow um, the guidelines and continue to wear masks and to continue to be really thoughtful about their decisions. Regional Emergency Department nurse Ashley Wheeler's most recent update. She also pointed out an uptick of regular ER patients coming back, which is a good thing because people are not putting their own health at risk by avoiding going to the hospital. That does it for our news at 7 on WREL. And we thank you as always for making us your choice for news. We're back at 10 on Fox 50, 11 here on WREL. Have a great and safe night.